This morning Wayne is speaking, but just before he does, I'll read a going to read from the Bible. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. I'm reading from the NLT version. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Good morning, everybody. Hello. And as you can see, it's not just me. There's two of us up here. What we wanted to do this morning is have a, we're calling it a campfire conversation. So, you know, I want you to imagine you're sitting in a, sitting around a campfire somewhere. We're just having a chat this morning. And we thought it was important to do this, uh, just to really like have a pause and reflect. We felt like you, at, right at this moment, you don't need more content, don't need more information. But rather, we, can, we wanted to take some time to pause and reflect of where we've been, what we're doing, and what we ha- the sense that we have of what God is doing amongst us, uh, but not exclusively amongst us, but uh, also on a wider collective sense. And of course, today is Ascension Sunday. It's not actually the day that Jesus ascended, because, but it's near enough. It, what I mean by that is it's, we designate a Sunday as Ascension Sunday, closest to the day. Does that make sense? Okay. And uh, we wanted to have that, that reading from the book of Acts, which is the reminder that uh, just as he went up, he's coming back. And uh, we sang a, a great song about that that was full of, of scripture. God's preparing a people. To be ready to receive his son. He is preparing a mature and a spotless bride. He is doing that globally. He's doing that here. And in many other places. And as we prepare to, uh, for the day of Pentecost, we remember back to the encounter that Israel had after they were brought out of slavery at Mount Sinai, Exodus 19. That is always, you have to always remember, that is Pentecost 1. Acts 2 is Pentecost 2, if you like. Both of them are centred on Israel. And Israel being set apart as a holy people to proclaim and reveal the goodness of God to the world. We're in a season where God's wanting to prepare us to empower us, to send us as as bold witnesses, to be fiery people, (laughs) to be fiery young adults, passionate, exuberant, aged pensioners. Tell you what then. And And everyone in between. So... 
So one of the things that's going on right now is the Isaiah 62 Global Solemn Assembly. People, more than 5 million people. We think that's, that's, we think that's a really low estimate uh, based on material that's been coming in from around the world of, of people praying. What's been what we've been experiencing in our prayer room, and it's been terrific to see many of you coming in for the 6am sets and the 6pm sets, as well as all the regular sets, and my sense is I've been praying, um, I know what's happened in my own life and I know that many of you, because I've been praying with many of you, have been coming in the prayer room and I hear your prayers as I listen to you speak to Jesus uh, on behalf of Israel. I know that you're growing in wisdom and revelation, you're growing in understanding God's purposes that are global but are also centred on Israel. I can say there, Wayne, um, that one of the things, it's been interesting going through the fast and one of the things that um, the House of Prayer in Kansas City have, have begun to talk about is that this is one of those catalytic moments yeah. in, um, in the earth when, like this is unprecedented yeah. in that a global hmm. fast has been called uh, to pray for the salvation of Israel. And they're talking now about um, 100 million intercessors being set on the wall through this season because it's one of those things that is snowballing yeah. and has gained traction and people, intercessors, have been drawn in who wouldn't necessarily have even... Uh, focused their prayers on the salvation of Israel, but it's brought in all these prayer organizations and movements and in the earth, and it's just this enormous upsurge of prayer, which is telling us something, right? It's telling us. It's pointing to the season in the earth. Yeah. Yes. It's fulfillment of prophecy actually mm. I, the, the one we've just prayed mm. god said i will do it i'm gonna do it and i don't think you can pray from isaiah 62 for israel without being caught up in that for yourself as well about wanting to wanting to be held as and display the righteousness of god uh, as we pray for jerusalem that she will become the praise of the earth and the righteousness will shine like a glory it's like god do that in me too and I think this is part of how God is preparing the bride uh, to be pure and spotless. So one of the things that they've had going on at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City over this 21 days has been some special services over the weekend. And uh, watching the one yesterday that was, that was taking place, which would have been Friday night in Kansas City time, and uh, I thought it was really important to show you a section of that so we're about to do that. The lights are going to be dim. We're going to move aside. The, the curtains will part and the, the show will begin. The, uh, the video will play. Now, what you're going to hear is, a, is a Jason Hubbard. Uh, and he's going to be unpacking um, for a few minutes some of his perspective as the global leader of the International Prayer Connect, I believe is the organisation that he heads up which coordinates millions of intercessors across the globe. So let's have a look at what Jason's got to say. Thanks, guys. ...that we witnessed over 75 years, and we thank you also that the best things for the state of Israel is yet to come. And if I thank you and I praise you for this 100 million intercessors that will be standing on the walls of Jerusalem this coming Pentecost Sunday. In the powerful and in the mighty name of Yeshua, I pray. And we all say... Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jürgen. Jason... Coming up. Everyone say hello to Jason. Maybe <laughs> uh, you know Jason, he gives leadership to the International Prayer Connect, about 5,000 networks of, uh, of believers, uh, uh, intercessors. So there's about 50, 60 million that are a part of that network. And uh, he's giving leadership to these uh, four global prayer days that we've been doing. Uh, we had the first one in, uh, in January, January 22nd, praying for China and the Buddhist community. And we just finished praying on April 17th for the Night of Power. 
And so he was telling us some stories just in, uh, in terms of what the Lord has been doing and answering the prayers of the saints across the world. So, Jason, tell us what, what's going on and then talk to us about May 28th. Okay, yeah, thank you, Stuart. Uh, on behalf of International Prayer Connect, just want to say thank you to each of you. So honored to be here, so grateful for your prayers, your intercession. The Lord, you may not realize this, but the Lord is using you in this house to stir people across the world. I mean, literally millions to pray from God's heart, from the scriptures on behalf of Israel. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. It's amazing to see what God is raising up uh, in these days. Um, have a couple of uh, our guests here as well from International Prayer Connect. Hala Tadros is here from Egypt and Cairo. Uh, and she, uh, she leads prayer and children's ministry at the largest church in the Middle East in Cairo. So such an honor. We love our Egyptian brothers and sisters. So glad you're here. Uh, Jeffrey and Irene uh, are also here from Malaysia, help lead children's ministry. And um, we're really praying that God's going to raise up the next generation, the young adults, the youth, the children, to be part of these hundred million. And you can imagine the generational um, results and fruit that will come from that as these kids begin to pray for God's heart for Israel. Amen. Uh, as we started December 5th and 6th here, hundred million, uh, first one praying for the Buddhist world and emphasis on China, second one for the night of power. I just want to bring a report, at least in terms of the Muslim world, what we're hearing from on the ground, our dear brother Eric Watt, who leads the Run Ministries, shared with me just a couple days ago that they are seeing 15 times the results of evangelism and church planning that they saw last year, this year. Uh, the only variable that's different is that you have a hundred million people praying. They're doing the same work, the same uh, translation work, church planning, Jesus film evangelism. But this time there's this global canopy of prayer that is fueling this work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So just again, God's doing great things. Let's continue to pray with that kind of faith. Now for our third global day of prayer praying for the salvation of Israel, the peace of Jerusalem, praying for the Jewish world, not just in Israel, but worldwide. Uh, what we're going to do uh, in partnership with you guys is you've been laboring in intercession and fasting for these 21 days leading up to Pentecost Sunday. Thank you for leading the world in that. It's just amazing. And we really are following your lead in that. So continue to pray. But we're going to gather um, houses of prayer around the world for a 26-hour global broadcast. It'll start on the 27th, go through the 28th. There'll be one-hour sets. And key prayer ministries, houses of prayers around the world are going to take an hour where they're going to model their expression of worship, saturated prayer on behalf of Israel. As you guys are rumbling in the prayer room and stay there, don't watch the broadcast, stay in the prayer room. You can watch it later, <laughs> but just know there's going to be uh, this global uh, tsunami of intercession happening around the world together with what you're doing here at IHOP. We're going to gather from 10 to 12 on the southern steps in Jerusalem with key leaders for a two-hour time of doing three things. Number one... We're going to dedicate and launch a 10-year, a decade of great commission efforts. Church planning, Bible translation, evangelism. Global uh, missions movements, Bible-based denominations are partnering together in these next 10 years to see a great harvest in the nations. 2033, we know, is a 2,000-year anniversary of the giving of the Great Commission, of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. And so what if, I just want to you know, put this out here, what if we could see the Great Commission fulfilled in our generation? So number one, we're going to launch that 10-year uh, season of Great Commission work. Number two, we're going to pray for the 100 million intercessors for Israel together. We'll have key leaders from IPC that will be there praying on behalf of their nation for these people of prayer worldwide. And again, it's not just, you know, for me, it's not just 
praying on one day. We want to see this be a lifestyle of praying for Israel. Amen? In families and homes and, you know, the generations see this as something that they're doing consistently. Number three on that day, uh, Lou Engel and Asher are going to lead us in global communion together. And we're going to come to the Lord's table and celebrate the worth of Jesus. Remember the body and blood of the Lamb and honor him because really this is what this is all about. It's about his worth, his supremacy, his preeminence. We're asking, Father, give your son the nations as his inheritance all the way back to Jerusalem. Amen and amen. So, uh, so tell us a little bit more about the 110 cities and how that relates to the strategy to complete the Great Commission by 2033. Yeah. So we discovered from field-driven research that uh, uh, there are 90 percent uh, uh, of the remaining unreached people groups in the world today. So that's less than two percent Christian. 110 cities have these 90% unreached remaining peoples. And so if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission in this generation, we've got to begin to have uh, authoritative, united prayer on behalf of these peoples in these cities. And so the Lord gave us a strategy. What if we could do this on four global days of prayer? And so uh, big pockets of people that we know that don't know Jesus in the Buddhist world, especially in China today. Uh, and then what if we could pray for the Muslim world in these Muslim cities? Uh, what if we could pray for the Hindu world with an emphasis on India? India today is the final frontier. We've got to see the gospel break forth in huge mega cities throughout India. But then we also said, according to the biblical narrative, which we have been so um, mentored and discipled by you, Stuart and Mike and the other leaders here, the biblical worldview and the narrative, the storyline of Scripture, that, that, that of God's heart for Israel, his people. And so we thought, let's add to this praying for the unbelieving Jews. And so people can find information about this on 110cities.com. Is that correct? correct so correct. 110cities.com. It's got all the cities and all the information on there. So I encourage you guys to check that out. Yeah. Amen. Jason, thank you, man. Love you, brother. Love you guys. <laughs> Amen. 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 It's exciting, isn't it, to hear about that? See what God's doing, being aware of what he, what he is doing and how... Was it? I was so encouraged hearing that report from the disciple makers working in the Muslim world to say that they're seeing 15 times the results right now than they saw a year ago and the only thing that, that they can put that down to is the, the prayer that's going forth. So Those of you wonderful. who uh, get Asher and Traders updates, um, so yeah. he was talking about, he said Asher Chat and Lou and will be yep. on, you know, in, in Jerusalem having uh, the feast of having communion on Pentecost uh, Sunday mm. and Asher and Trader. Uh, so he's part of Tikkun Ministries, which we support financially as a church. And uh, on his latest update, um, he he was saying that one of the impacts, one of the things that they've experienced since the world has been praying for Israel is like people's ears are open where before they were not as receptive. And so as they're sharing the gospel right now, mm -hmm. there's an openness that they know yeah. is a direct result of the prayer that's going up. Fantastic, isn't it? It is fantastic. And, of course, they've chose the southern steps of the Temple Mount, the old temple, uh, because it's a large area. And that's where Acts 2 happened. Uh, very important you understand that. Um, don't think it happened in a small room in a side street. Uh, they were in the temple as, the, as every Jewish person would have been who had gone to Jerusalem 9am in the morning on the day of Pentecost. They would have been in the temple praying when the Holy Spirit was poured out with all the accompanying manifestations that you read in Acts 2. Which is why thousands of people heard Th Thousands were heard. And, of course, there's lots of mikveh, what they call mikveh bars or immersion pools where people can be immersed, baptized in the name of Jesus. They can do it right there. It's the only place in Jerusalem where you would be able to baptize 3,000 people in, in one day. Uh, because there's all these bars around there. So they're going to have uh, communion there, and it's going to be, isn't it powerful that it's going to be led by a Jew and a Gentile, Lou and Asher. And um, 
Some of you know that we have had the benefit of uh, having Lou visit us many years ago in our very early days. But that that will be happening on the southern steps of the Temple Mount. And there are people in this room and perhaps watching on the web stream as well that sat in those very steps not that long ago, early this year. How many of you have sat on the southern steps of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem? Yes. Cheer. Come on, let's hear you. Come on. Oh. Uh, and I love that idea of this uh, launch of this 10-year uh, thing of ded- a dedicated partnership to see the Great Commission filled, fulfilled in our generation with Bible translation and church planning and disciple making. And again, that website is 110 cities, just 110cities.com. You can find out lots of information about that. Also, I want to say Jason Hubbard will be in Perth later this year for the World Prayer Assembly. How many of you know there's a world, the world is coming to Perth to pray in October? How many of you know that? Are you going to be there? Not just are you going to be in Perth, are you going to be there? Have you gone online and registered? Go online and register. Early bird registrations are open right now. Three days, October uh, 4, 5 and 6. Well, it starts on the evening of the 3rd. So, all that. so that's global. Uh, wow, that's a lot going on right there yeah now we just thinking of that scripture where you know it talks um there's this prophecy that israel will be saved in a, a day right in a day and i'm thinking what could god do this year yeah in perth mm. could god actually bring mm. um the whole west coast if not the nation but the whole west coast of australia suddenly rising with the revelation of what's going on in terms of a global perspective? Could God do that? Why is the World Prayer Assembly here this year? And guys like Jason Hubbard, what a lead up Hmm. to the World Prayer Assembly that we are being invited into. Hmm. It's wonderful. It, it is fantastic. That's a great question, Julie. Yeah. What are we asking the Lord to do? Well, closer to home, we've been running discipleship, healing, and deliverance. And um, we've run two sessions so far session one, session two. Both was repeated one in the Wednesday morning, one in the Thursday evening. And, and combined, we've had 100 people in the prayer room for each of those sessions. Yeah, more than 100, so. actually. And uh, about 130 people signed up for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, look, that in itself is telling us something, right? Um, that God would bring uh, that many of us in, into this. You know, God started, you know this because we started announcing this last year that. No, we, this year. Uh, sorry, the beginning no, of this well, year. Yeah, yeah. I think it was December, though, last year, wasn't it? When we started talking. Did no. we not talk, start talking about that? Well, maybe we were just having conversations. We about were it. having, you but and I were having for conversations. For many months. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, feels like for forever we've been building up to this, and here we are. We're January, yeah, we January. started. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, all of that was before any of this, yes. <laughs> is what mm, I'm trying to say. That's right. Before the whole Isaiah 62 thing and, um, you know, before the Israel trip that, you know, many, that, uh, you know, 30 odd, you know, 35 of you went on and, and all this. And, um, you know, when the Isaiah 62 fast uh, and this prayer for... <laughs> Israel was announced and it's like, well, this is exactly the same time frame hmm. as we're doing DHD. I was like, what's yeah. going on, Lord? Hmm. What, what's going on? Because somehow you've got us connected to both. And it was actually when we were in Tel Aviv and um, talking with um, Avi Mizraki there at, um, yeah, and Dugget. Dugget ministry there, and yeah. he's a father in the land. Yeah. Um, he's in his 60s and uh, just a great man with a great evangelistic heart. And he, he said something to us like, and with excitement, he said, I really believe Jesus is getting excited about coming back, but he's not coming back for the bride as she is. 
he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And when he said that, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just be- I believe with all my heart that the Lord Jesus is going to, or he has already initiated, and we've been caught up at this time in a, a cleansing of his bride that we have not experienced globally, probably ever, a renewing, a cleansing, a preparation, because we are in that time. And when you hear Jason Hubbard say, 10 years? What we, I mean, Jesus said something about, about this. And Paul writes about the full number of the Gentiles when they come in. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yes, mm. all Israel will be saved. What happens mm. when, when that happens? Mm. Jesus, Jesus comes back. He's there simultaneously. Mm. <laughs> Just have a think about that for a minute. Mm. Let that settle because sometimes that's a little bit hard for our one-track minds here in Western Australia with so many other pursuits and distractions to comprehend. Could he be returning In 10 or so years. Wow. And then you look at the earth and you look at what's happening. And you look at how the nations are polarizing. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? Lord, it's absolutely possible. It is. And whatever, he wants us to be ready. He wants us to live ready. And so... The, I think the thing that is different about what he's doing now in terms of this, this coming to us and removing anything that stands in the way. Mm. And come on, you know, he knows even mm. better than we know ourselves, right? You know, one of the things he's doing is, is making us not just prepared for his return, but able to engage fully with everything that's going to be going on from a faith-filled heart, not a fearful heart. That's really important. And I've said a lot recently about the way fear and anxiety is um, just gripping our society and has gripped it. And I don't know, you know, I mean, it's really hard to, to get in to see a psychologist right now in case you... So, you know what, there's a better way, really. Um, we, need to, we need to actually get before God as a people mm-hmm. and say, Lord, why is my heart and my mind and my emotions overwhelmed? You know? And that's not, we need people, I'm not saying we don't need those people to help. I'm saying that Jesus wants to be our source of living water. And I think this is one of the things that grieves his heart right now. We do live in a society where we can access all kinds of help, but is it the help That Jesus alone knows that we need truly. And what are we going to offer others? Because if we haven't experienced him ourselves in that way, how can I offer that to someone else? And I believe with all my heart, he wants to be known like that. He said through Jeremiah, My people have committed two sins. Just listen to this right now. As if he was speaking to us right now. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me as the spring of living water. And they've dug their own wells. Wells that cannot hold water. In other words, they're useless. They leak, they run out, 
Jesus is the only living water, like it's life, it's new life, new mercy every single day. We can stand before his throne of grace and mercy, but will we? Or has, have our minds been too conditioned to believe that he is not able to do these things? Or at least, well, no, he can do them. He just won't do them for me. And I want to suggest that that is the truth. And that is one of the ways, that's one of the snares of the enemy to bring us into unbelief, which was the very thing that kept Israel out of entering into the promised land. Right? And I'm just suggesting, I'm strongly suggesting that we need to repent of digging our own wells if we want to know him as the single source. He's not one among many. Right? And he's looking for... For the invitation to come and be that living water. In one John, in one John four, this is on the subject of fear. This is a great chapter to meditate on, by the way. Verse fifteen: If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God, and so we know and rely. On the love God has for us. So are you. Are you getting to know. And to rely on the love. That God has for you. God is love. And whoever lives in love. Abides in God. And God in them. This is John 15. Abide in me. This is how love is made complete among us so that we, listen to this, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment that in this world we are like Jesus. In this world. He's not talking about the world to come. Now. We want to have confidence On the day of judgment, on that day of reckoning, on that day when everything is sorted, that in this world we lived like Jesus. Now, he wouldn't be saying that if it wasn't possible. And surely that's what happened on Pentecost. Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem, Ascension Sunday, Mm -hmm. don't leave Jerusalem. And I want to say, those of you who are pressing in, don't leave, (laughs) don't stop, don't give up because God is faithful. Don't give up until you are endued with power from on high. And I tell you, we know those disciples were brought to the end of themselves. Right? Hope was dashed when Jesus was crucified. Now he came back to them, but then he's going. Then he's gone again. And they don't look too much different in the sense of being empowered to be his witnesses, which is what he said to them to do. But he says, no, just wait. Just wait. I know you love me. The reward of my suffering, <laughs> 10 days I'm going to pour out. I'm going to ascend to the Father. He's going to give me the gift of Holy Spirit and I'm going to pour it out on you. That's my spirit in you. And greater things will you do. None of these things we've been talking about the, the finalised, you know, the, the, the Great Commission that Jason Hubbard's been talking about, the Day of Jubilee for Fremantle, all, all sorts of, all kinds of things that the Lord has spoken to you about, family restoration, you know, your family line turning and responding to Jesus, whatever the thing, the hope in your heart, whatever the impossible thing, none of it's done in our own strength. But as we rely on him, as we stop digging 
those wells that we think, well, this is all I've got. I've, I've got to do this. I've got to have this. We've got to stop it. We've got to stop it and admit where we are weak and broken and trust in the power of his spirit. That's what Pentecost is about. Being filled with, and it's the love of God that becomes the power of God. Read this here. It's the love. This is how love is made complete among us, among us. So that we'll have confidence that in this world we are like Jesus and there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. When that kind of love makes its home in our hearts, there's no fear. And I can testify to that. I can testify to that. That has been my experience. Not that I ever n- never feel fear, but it does not hold me like it did at one time in my life. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit filling my heart that changed it. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Some of your translations might say because fear has torment. But perfect love drives it out and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. These are powerful words. We can't have fear and love abiding together. The perfect love of God removes fear and removes fear layer upon layer upon layer as we keep saying, Lord, yes, I need it. I need this kind of love. And I want to say, from my experience talking to people in the body of Christ, there are many who do not live with the confident hope that they belong to Jesus, that the love of Jesus, right, has delivered them from the torment of fear and the expectation of punishment. There's a verbal acquiescence of that. Yes, my life belongs to Jesus, but I live with fear and anxiety that is rooted into this insecurity about my identity in Jesus. And the enemy will come along and say, yes, look at you. And look at your family. And that's your fault. Or this is your fault. And you're not because... And many in the body of Christ have become of those who shrink back and are put off instead of pressing in and laying hold. And this is what he's saying to us right now. And I will say this, and sometimes that legal ground is because of the iniquity in the family line. And the enemy knows it hasn't been confessed, brought into the light. Just like, just like David said, you know, Psalm 32, when I acknowledged my sin, <laughs> then I acknowledged my sin to you. And I did not cover up my iniquity. I will confess. I will bring everything into the light. So that you can forgive the guilt of my sin, how I've responded to that crooked, that bent in my family line. Because yes, I've, I've entered into it. The pull has been there. I will confess that. And I will confess the generational guilt. And I will believe my God that Jesus bore it away from me. The sin, the transgression, and the iniquity. And I belong to you. Fill me with that perfect love that drives out fear and torment that somehow on that day I'm going to fall short. 
so I shrink back. Because anyone who lives with an expectation that they're going to be rejected will shrink back. How good is God that he would come and say, I see all these things. How kind he is. Jesus, Jesus, how kind. So let us not be those. When we hear his word, we harden our hearts. And many of you, I tell you, it's been so encouraging. It started before the DHD. Just you you are acknowledging, you are confessing. The Lord is setting you free. He's raising issues of unforgiveness. He's raising issues where there's bitter root judgment. He's talking about lots of stuff. And some of you are facing things in your past that would make anyone shrink back. And he's giving you courage and you've said, yes, I'm going to do it. And he's bringing freedom and healing and deliverance in the mind I'm telling you this because it's happening. And this is a unique season. I don't fully understand why God is coming. I don't get all of it. I can see some of it. But it's corporate. And I'm saying, do not stand outside, please. Don't stand outside. But come in. Because there's a, there's a family blessing here. It's your families, but it's this family and it's beyond. And God's been reminding us again the different times when he's called us to do different things as a community. And we've entered in as a community. This is another one of those times. And it is because he said from the beginning, new life, I'm giving you an icebreaker identity. I'm shaping you. To go up onto that ice and to crack it and break it and others can come in behind, can go, can look. And we've had conversations with pastors, both of us, who have said to us, we've heard about what you're doing, you know. Can can we catch up and talk about it? Because I think our church needs this too. All of this is the free gift of God, right? Mm -hmm. This is the benefits of the cross. You want to talk about the benefits of the cross? That he can turn, he can take someone, and those people are here today. God has plucked you out. He's chosen you in your family line, and he said, it's going to be different. And just like he said to Abraham, he chose Abraham because he said, I know Abraham will teach his children. And he said, I see you, and I know you're going to teach your children. I'm changing. I'm changing the future. Amen. I think one of the key things you're talking about there, Julie, is the need to let God deal with the roots and not just settle for a superficial something that covers over that that um, dulls my fear if you like Um, but actually the courage um, and you shared stories um, where we both been sharing us some of our story in the DHD thing of times where where we've both had to face our fear, look it square in the face and say, no, you're not going to control me. I'm going to confront you. And you've had, you had different things and I I had my own things as well. And, but it's that willingness to go, no, I won't, I won't be controlled by this fear. Mm. Um, I'm going to face it. And I'm going to trust that God is going to make a way. I can't see how he's going to do this, but I'm going to step into it in that way. And this is part of what 
John also writes about when he when he talks about like confessing our sin to one another, but it's in the context of of uh, and that doesn't mean get up the front and sit up here and confess it to everybody. By the way, that unless he tells you, unless to. he tells you to, um, and usually that's because you're in a position of leadership, um, so that you can model it for or other it's people. A, you know, it might or, be a revival context. Yes, yeah, that that happens too. And it yes. happens. Yes. Yes, there have been times in history where people have lined up yeah. to confess their sins publicly. The, the yeah. sense, the weighty sense yeah. of God's spirit has been so And it usually heavy breaks things open. And it breaks things open. it's God's timing. It's, it's his it purpose. it yeah. shatters bondages. Yeah. But it's this thing of this is how we actually walk in the light. As he is in the light. Yeah. And then we have true fellowship with one another. Because while I've... While I'm hiding parts of myself in the dark, I can't actually connect to another human being properly. It is only when I'm willing to walk in the light to, to have a sense of transparency. Um, and so the, the scriptures are always, there's this thing of with, with God, there is life, light and love where we see the opposite when we are when um, the adversary God's adversary and our own rebellion produces darkness chaos and destruction if you want to do a bible word search look up darkness destruction and chaos and you'll always see that is the sinfulness of humanity and the wicked and evil powers and principalities that oppose God where you have love, light, and life, that's where you have the light. That's, that's God. And, and God's invitation to all of us and to the whole world is come into my light, love, and life. That's what I want to give you. I want to give you that. But you have to leave, you have to walk away from darkness and you have to risk, risk stepping into the light because it's exposing the lights go on and you're, you're exposed. But the freedom and liberty that comes when you actually do that with some trusted people and, and bring face, face the truth about yourself with one or two trusted people and then you have light and you have freedom and, then you, can, and you can move forward then. And so I think one of the things I would want to say and encourage based on what you're saying is have the courage to step into the light. There's a season for it right now. There's a season for it right now. Have the courage to step into the light. Say, God, because I want freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we need to wrap this up. Um, Mm. uh, Just to say, and Mm. to those of you who are like, I don't Mm. actually know. I know something's not right. I know I am not living in the life and the freedom and the love that God has for me, but I don't know what it is. You start there. Mm. That's perfect. Yes. Good. Brilliant. All he is saying is, say yes to me. me. Ask me. Mm. He's the revealer of Mm. the deep and hidden things. You might even be sitting here going, I'm just not connected at all. I just don't feel any hunger. I don't feel what's the matter with me. Good. Start there. Say, Lord, I belong to you. Please help me. Shine your light. I want the things that I read in scripture to be my reality. I want to know you. I want to know you. So show me. Can you lead us in a prayer? Yeah, let's and pray. Have worship let's pray team together. Come up. Lord Jesus, first, first of all, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. Because you are the one who's initiated this. You are the one who has said, come, come and gather. This is like a Joel 2 assembly in a way, God.
And Lord, that means that you've been looking at New Life Church and you've been weighing hearts and you've chosen this season. And it's the same season as you're setting watchmen on the wall. That's no coincidence, God. There's a desire in your heart to respond to the heart in this community. Sometimes, God, we feel like it's beating very weakly, but you know the heart. And I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've come, you're coming, you are, you're here. But there's a, there's a quality of work you're doing right now that we so desperately need. Lord, we want to be those watchmen set on the wall of intercession. Lord, you've placed us geographically in this city. And 20 years ago, this time of the year, 20 years ago, you said to New Life Church, declare a day of jubilee for Fremantle. So Lord, set us on that wall as well. To pray and to intercede. We're asking you, Lord, for great moving in our hearts at this Pentecost season. Lord, we're waiting for you. We're so thankful for what you're doing. We thank you for your cleansing work. Lord, thank you for removing the the garbage in our personal lives. And Lord, what we see mirrored in the generations before us so that, Lord, we can be a people who live fully in your love and not be afraid. And we can offer that grace in your name to others. Lord, we say yes. We keep saying yes. Bring us in, Lord. Bring us in. And Holy Spirit, we wait for you. We are waiting expectantly for you. And our hearts long to see Jesus. And it is so exciting to be alive right now. But at the same time, Lord, we know that it's a fearsome thing. It's a fearful thing to harden our hearts when we hear that invitation. So we ask, Lord, that you would break down every wall as you were doing and bring us in Lord that we would be a blessing to you we would be a blessing in this city and we would be a blessing in the earth as you allow us to be all for your glory Amen